Sometimes agencies screw up, but sometimes they get into trouble and it's not their own doing. Such is the case with the Merit Systems Protection Board. Now that the Senate has failed to move on three Trump administration appointees, the three-member board is left with one holdover, and his term expires in March. Here with what might happen or should happen, former MSPB Executive Director James Eisenman, now an attorney with Kalajarvi, Chusey, Newman, and Fitch. Jim, good to have you on. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. So you're looking back at your old agency and saying, what the heck? What, I mean, what does happen if Mark Robbins has to leave at the end of March? He's not, say, extended, and there is no board members. It's not the first time a federal board has been without members, but maybe not this one as crucial to federal employees. Right, and this has never happened to MSPB before. What does happen is a whole lot more of what's uh, kind of been happening over the last two years since the board lost a quorum. The um, backlog of petitions for review will continue to grow. But one of the bigger problems will be with no board members, there's no opportunity for the Office of Special Counsel to seek stays of personnel actions involving uh, whistleblowers. That will be a a huge impact uh, on the federal community. That type of request can only go to the board? That's correct. And um, one board member is able to grant a stay and even extensions of stay thanks to a uh, change in the law um, in the last year or so. But with zero board members, uh, OSC will not be able to get any formal stay request. So if someone is wrongfully dealt with as a whistleblower and, and they're you know retaliated against or moved to you know Minot, South Dakota in a desk somewhere, mm-hmm. they could appeal and the OSC could grant a stay of that action with a board but not without a board. Yeah, the OSC actually requests the board to issue a stay, but yes, uh, that's right. If with no board, they couldn't do that. Now, it doesn't mean that individuals who um, are fired or whistleblowers who believe they're retaliated against couldn't ultimately get to the board and file what's called an individual right of action appeal. It's just that formal stays can't be granted by the board since there will be no board. And without a board, the administrative law judges, which handle most of the cases, they're still functioning, correct? Yeah, they should be still functioning. That is correct. So I think there may be some uh, in some quarters, concern that with no board, the delegations of authority, essentially the delegations from the board to the judges to hold these hearings, may not be operative. So we'll see about that. And do we know what percentage of cases that are judged by a judge, that are settled by an administrative law judge, how many of those are appealed, or what percentage, I should say, or if we know the number, that end up going to the uh, board itself. Well, the judges issue about five to six thousand decisions a year, and about nine hundred of those end up going petitions for review to uh, to the board itself. Uh, I know that when the quorum was lost in January two thousand seventeen, uh, we were at the board interested to see if people would, especially employees who lost, would forego filing a petition for review at the board and go directly to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit. At the time, we didn't notice any any kind of significant statistical difference. However, I'll say with this news, there may be no board members uh, for uh, the foreseeable future. Um, I think it would be wise, at least I'm advising clients, not to 
file a petition for review with, with the board and go straight to court. And if there were to be somehow magically a board very soon, they would have a giant backlog, correct? It'll keep growing. They already have a giant backlog. We're speaking with Jim Eisenman, a Washington attorney and former executive director of the Merit Systems Protection Board. And let me just ask you, as executive director, you didn't have anything to do with the adjudication of cases, just kept the administrative trains running? That's correct. It was more like a chief operating officer position. What is a day like in the life of a board member? And what do you think is going on with Mark Robbins? He's We had him on the show a number of months ago, and he mm-hmm. said he was busily rendering a decision on the cases, knowing that they it did, had no meaning because there's no quorum. And if three new members come in, they would have to start all over. Ordinarily, what is it like? Ordinarily, it's the, the board members are reviewing decisions that have been drafted by the the great career staff at, at MSPB, uh, and they're reviewing them, and then sometimes they make edits, and they vote. And then once there's a, a vote of a quorum, they're issued by the clerk's office, and they're out. So they're typically, uh, as board members, spending their time reviewing petitions for review. The chairman certainly has, has additional roles as the chief executive officer of the agency, uh, but generally that's what board members are doing. And earlier you mentioned the delegation of authority to the administrative law judges for them to be able to hear cases and render judgment in the routine way that they do it ordinarily day to day. Does that require periodic delegation of authority from the board? No, there is a delegations of authority document that's actually on the board's website, which describes various delegations of authority to various uh, functions within the board. And the board delegates its adjudicatory function in terms of the initial hearings to administrative judges. But it doesn't get, you know, it does get updated every so often, but it is not a regular thing that is that is addressed on any kind of regular basis. So could the judges then operate forever if there's no board? That's a good question. Because if they can't, if there's some legal something or other that comes in at some point, then a lot of work that they do could be challenged and then would start all over again if a judge agreed. It, it could be challenged. The question is the question is who would challenge it, whether it would be an appellant or an agency. Um, both both uh, employees and agencies rely on the board and the administrative judges to adjudicate these cases. Um, I'm not sure that you would have either side making that kind of challenge, but it would require somebody to do that. Sure. So for now, then, we have a switch in the tracks, and one leads to the dead end where there's no board. The other leads to court. And, of course, you just mentioned your your own clients. You're advising to go to court if they want to appeal the uh, judge's ruling. That's What's right. involved there, and how long does it take relative to if there had been a board? Well, if there if there had been a board, the, the amount of time it takes for the Federal Circuit to issue a decision compared to the board when it's when there are three board members and it's fully functioning, is is not that different. Uh, it's it's a little bit longer in court. Uh, there are costs involved in filing in court, filing fees, et cetera. It is obviously a more formal process. Uh, so uh, there there's more involved. It costs a little bit more. Actually, it costs money. It doesn't cost any money to file a petition for review with the board. Sure. And over the years, is there any difference in the types of decisions rendered by the board versus the courts? Federal Circuit in the last eight years has changed pretty dramatically. Um, its whistleblower uh, jurisprudence has become, uh, to many in this field, uh, much more whistleblower friendly. 
And um, so I think many more people are more willing to go to go to the court than the board. And what about cases that aren't whistleblowers, just plain disagreement over whether an employee is any good or not? Those are cases that also come to the MSPB. That's true. And with respect to those, to, to me, there's there's not a much difference between going to the board and going to court. I would say if the if the board was fully functioning, you know, I think for a regular non-whistleblower case, I think I'd file a petition for review with the board first, because ultimately the employee could, can still then go to the federal circuit after that. Agencies cannot. That's get, the other point. Agencies don't have a choice of going to the federal circuit. They only can file a petition for review with the board. Yeah, so really the right thing is to get a board in, and that's just in the hands of the administration and the Senate. That is the solution. Get a board. Exactly. James Eisenman is a Washington attorney and former executive director of the Merit Systems Protection Board. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at iTunes or Podcast One.